Mercy. Everybody probably feels good to have that one over. That was a slog. Wow, what an amazing uh, day of golf, weekend of golf, tournament. Unbelievable. Riviera finally gets its revenge with a little help from the wind. We'll look into the numbers that matter here on A Data Monday. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. Thank you for being here. Woo-hoo-wee, man, that was, uh, that was a tough tournament to watch for sure. Boy, there are so many different things going on and the whole week seemed just really busy and crazy with... Kucher and Sergio and and then uh, Justin Thomas taking a huge lead and would anybody catch him and then Tiger comes out and goes crazy at the start of the third round which why it was the third round but it was the end of Saturday it was crazy the whole thing the whole week it was hard to keep track of it all interesting a lot of storylines coming out of this one I read somewhere that I, I didn't know this while they were playing it would have been interesting to think about it while they were playing that that JB and Justin Thomas have a history together both from Kentucky and both have the same uh, golf coach, swing coach for JB, but putting coach for Justin Thomas. And that JB used to let Thomas come out and walk with him in practice rounds at the players when he was 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. So a lot of history going back and forth. And we don't really talk about this, but how, how does that weigh on somebody, their mental state? How does that, you know, how does that make you feel when you're going against your mentor? And somebody who I'm sure that Justin Thomas has and, and said so, that he had just great, you know, good feelings for JB because JB gave back. JB cared about Justin Thomas and um, allowed him to kind of experience things that not a lot of the rest of us got to experience it at that age. So very, very cool story there. We know of, of JB's um, health issues. I mean, just, I mean, a, a really good feel good story all the way around when it comes to that. But then the ugliness of slow play and that, that JB is a slow player comes out. And I just, I don't know why we can't all just get along. The slow play thing has just gotten, I, I don't know if it's gotten better or worse by all the discussion about it. Again, I, as long as there's logos on these guys, hats, shirts, and bags, you're just not going to see slow play pushed very hard. And that's more TV time for these big sponsors. It's just not going to go away. I don't, I don't care if Brooks Kepka screams bloody murder. It's just not going to go away. There's big money involved in this. And that's kind of the sort of the ugly underbelly of all this. As long as there's big money, it's not going anywhere. And it is big money. We can't just sit there and pretend that it isn't big money because it is. I, I remember myself the first time. So my grandfather gave us a... $100 for the first time we ever beat him. And that was something growing up that we always pursued and wanted to do. And I remember coming down the last few holes when it was pretty apparent that I was going to beat grandpa for the first time. I felt sick inside. I did not enjoy that. I remember another experience where we played a lot of racquetball growing up and, and my dad, you know, used to wipe the floor with us. And there was, I, I got, you know, got better and better and better. And then we came to the situation where I was going, I was up on my dad and I was going to beat him. 
And I felt gross. I felt terrible. Maybe I just don't have the killer instinct or whatever, but there is some kind of mental block when you're going to beat somebody that you care about for the first time who has done so much for you. I don't know. There's a weird thing there. I don't know if Justin was feeling anything like that, but his, his play was not indicative of how he had been playing. And to think that he'd gotten somehow or another more tired than JB was. JB's considerably older than he is in his mid-30s, 36, I think. So I don't think that fatigue was necessarily part of it. So really interesting stuff to get into. And it's probably never going to come out unless one of us is so close to either one of those players, we could talk to them about it. But a lot of very intriguing, interesting things that came out of the tournament. But all that being said, we wanted to jump in. It's a data Monday, so we want to jump in and kind of look at all the the data that uh, we like to look at and kind of compare with uh, not only the other players and how they perform, but also on our benchmarks. We always like to talk about our practice benchmarks and with the weather getting better. uh, We've had a lot of snowstorms lately and the snow's not sticking. Ah, right. So the sun's getting closer. Days are getting longer. And uh, yeah, snow's having a tougher time sticking around. Love it. So we're getting closer. So, So the first things we wanted to do was kind of look at J.B. Holmes, he, he won the tournament. And what does that do for him in the FedEx Cup standings? He goes from 61st place all the way up to 9th. So up in the top 10 for him there. Um, as far as looking at his consistency numbers, that's something we do each week to see how many cuts they've made over the course of their career and how, that, and how that's trending. Well, over the course of his career, he's played in a, 301 events and he's made 213 cuts for a cut percentage of 71%, right? So not, we've definitely seen um, previous champions be quite a bit higher than that. Justin Rose at 81%, Phil Mickelson at 84% for their careers, and Tiger Woods obviously leads this category at 91%. And it's putts like that one he made on 18 to, uh, you know, that he should have never made that putt, but he did and he makes another cut, right? So his percentage here at 91% went up a little bit. So very interesting there. So that's uh, those are the first numbers there for this year. It looks like JB Holmes has made he's played at eight events and he's made six cuts. That's at a seventy five percent cut rate, slightly above what he's done for his career, but not not a ton, right? Not something that we'd necessarily write home about. All right. So moving on, then looking at his numbers in the Genesis Open, driving accuracy. He typically drives the ball at around. 57% for 2018. We just go off the 2018 numbers. Well, at Riviera, and we all know how that was, and with the wind and everything going about it, we probably have to take this with a grain of salt. But his driving accuracy for the week was 52%. As far as how that holds up against our benchmarks, again, we would say our performance benchmarks are somewhere between 47 and 62%. And uh, But he fits right within those benchmarks. He's not too far out at 62%, not really lower than 47, but both of his, his weekly performance and his overall performance fit within the benchmark. So again, tour quality is what we're, we want our games to be somewhere near tour quality. This definitely fits in. As far as greens and regulation, typically JB Holmes is 65%. That's he hits 65% of his greens and regulation for the week. He was 72%. And I think, you know, as we look at the Riviera greens, the size of those greens, uh, Riviera is always known to be a difficult test. Um, that's pretty good, right? That's a pretty good performance there, 72%. Typically, over the course of his career, well, over 2018, he hit 65% in greens, which, as I was looking up, that's pretty standard. 
65% is Phil Mickelson's 2018 performance, is Ricky Fowler's uh, 2018 performance. Pretty amazing, right? That everybody's that consistent. 65% seems to be very consistent. We say that our benchmarks are right in between 57 and 67%. So again, right, he was right in those benchmarks. He performed much higher than those benchmarks at 72%. But we definitely see that in, that's definitely the trend uh, this year. As, as they hit more greens, players win more tournaments. Scrambling, our benchmark is somewhere around uh, 50, 44 to 58% for his, uh, in 2018. And, and they don't really measure scrambling anymore. They always do strokes gains around the green and stuff now. But we'll just stick with scrambling because it's easier to understand. But uh, so our benchmark is 44 to 58%. JB was at 57%. So again, right within those benchmarks. Sand saves. So for the week, this was pretty cool. So for the week, JB got up and out 80% of the time. That's super strong. Really impressive. Uh, Typically, he gets up and down 55% of the time, or at least he did in 2018, 55% of the time. And we say our benchmarks are right in between 32 and 55% of the time. So again, really good as far as looking at those sand saves. Okay, now into putting. So putting over 25 feet. JB makes 4% of those. And our benchmark is right in that 1% to 5%. So JB, again, right in that benchmark. 15 to 20 feet, 9 to 16%. JB makes 15% of those. Here's where it became really interesting to me. So JB from 10 to 15 feet made 31.5% of those putts. Our benchmark is 37 to 45% of those. So JB Holmes had really, really struggled from this 10 to 15 foot mark for all of 2018. And we know that his putting has been way off. Uh, this was the first week in which he has led in strokes gain putting like forever. So pretty amazing. He, they, he gained like eight strokes on the field, strokes gain putting for the week, which is truly amazing. They said that after he missed the cut in Pebble Beach, he went and just basically practiced on his putting. And it definitely showed this week and helped him to definitely capitalize. Okay. As far as the closer ranges, five, four, and three feet, JB was 99% for three footers, which is right where we think it should be. 99.6%, 92% from four footers. We're saying we should be right around 93 ish percent, somewhere in there. And then five feet, um, 71%. He made 71% of his putts from five feet. That's quite a bit lower than we would expect. We would see our, we would expect ourselves to be right around the 80 to 85%. So 71%. So really that five, 10, 15 range for JB Holmes is a bit of a struggle or has been. It definitely wasn't this week at all. Okay. So that's it as far as our benchmarks. So our our benchmarks held up very well to JB's game. He was pretty much in those except for putting. And putting, we had some struggles there. And then he was way out ahead in sand saves at 80% and way out ahead for greens and regulation at 72%, which we expect from our champions. And then breaking down the money. We always like to break down the money and see it, especially when we talk about JB got very defensive about his slow play, right? This reputation of slow play. And he pushed back on it you know, big. And he said, look, we're playing for big money out there and the wind's blowing. And I think Adam Scott agreed to that. And and, uh, Justin Thomas agreed to that, that that those were tough conditions. And we saw it. Those were tough conditions they were playing in. 
but he already has this reputation of being slow, so maybe that made him a little bit slower. But he said something interesting. Hey, we're playing for big money out here. And I brought up this point previously. So for, for JB's efforts, he made $1.332 million right over the course of his four days of play. And that was his total strokes were 270 strokes. So how does that break out? Well, that breaks out for, to $333,000 a day is what he made. Uh, which also breaks out to be $66,600, right? $66,000 per hour that he was on the course. And again, we're assuming five and a half hour rounds here. So we've tried to extend that out a little bit. And then what did he make per stroke, which I think is a great number to look at. He made $4,933 per stroke, right? So when they're out there working on the, with the wind and the cold and everything that they're working on, we are talking about quite a bit of money at $5,000 a stroke. Now, I don't know if JB knows it's this much, but what does that mean? And I, I thought, you know, what does that mean when you compare it to say, Justin Thomas, who finished in second? What's the differences here? Well, Justin Thomas took home roughly $800,000, right? $799,200. His strokes were he took 271 strokes to do so. And the difference between, say, per day, JB made $133,000 more than Justin Thomas per day because he was one stroke better. He made $26,000 more an hour, almost $27,000 more an hour because of that one stroke. And then he made close to $2,000 more per stroke because of that one stroke. So JB is right. They are playing for a lot of money. Now there's some players out there that say, who cares if we're playing for a lot of money? We should play fast. And then we go back to why would you play fast when the sponsors don't want you to play fast because they want the logos on their back, especially on the leaders. Strixon and everybody who JB is advertising for on his clothing, they want that TV time as much as possible, as does Titleist and everybody else with Adam Scott and Justin Thomas. That whole group was on TV a lot yesterday, and they want them to play slow and be on TV as much as possible. That's just the way it is. Big money runs this baby. Okay, so that's it for Data Monday. Congratulations to J.B. Holmes. Um, really great. Really amazing to see him come back. I always love the, my favorite thing is when, I didn't know JB had a little boy, but when his 13 month old came up in his hands, when he picked him up, held up his hands and clapped for his daddy and you see his wife and the embrace. Hey, that's just, that's just icing on top of it for me. I love to see that part of it. The family side of it is always very cool. And it's the, it's the one part that keeps my wife really engaged as well. So thank you PGA Tour for making that possible. Until next time, remember, better data always means better golf, and better data always makes golf more interesting, I hope. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.